Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, we welcome you back to another episode of We Found Another Hour. We spent uh, about an hour last week explaining uh, the name of our podcast. Uh, but we're so grateful for you listening. How are things uh, in the studio now that we had that? This is the second week in a row that we've got the air conditioner uh, rolling. It's like the Arctic Circle in here. Praise the Lord. But we do not touch the dial. Do not touch the dial. Hey, uh, Dr. Delicious would be so proud to sit in this studio right now. Yeah, it was his hope and prayer <laughs> to get that air condition fixed. Do you, go ahead. But he'd still have the box fan in the corner going full blast. Oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's no doubt about that. How do, how do you think he's faring um, in Florida with the temperatures? And I'm, I'm pretty sure instead of having like a regular office, they just have this giant walk-in freezer that says <laughs> and they got the office set up, his books in there. It's a little foggy because it's so cold. Um, but he's just sitting there smiling with his toothpicks. And he's, and he's still sweating. He's sitting next mile. I heard, I heard he's dropped 35 pounds since he's been down there. Water weight. <laughs> he got ready for the, He got to make weight for that fight. <laughs> Do you think he's a Florida Gators fan now? It, uh, I would imagine, not after the whooping Alabama put on him, he probably mm-hmm. became a Seminoles fan, I would well, guess. Well, 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 didn't they? I mean, he was a Tennessee fan. Didn't they play Tennessee? Uh, yeah, we'll refer, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's refer to our sportscaster, Luscious. Lucius Landon. Mm-hmm. I mean, give us an update on, on uh, you know, the Gators versus the Balls. Oh, well, uh, it was a it was a very valiant effort from uh, our Tennessee Volunteers. However... Are you a Tennessee Balls fan? Uh, no, but I know many listeners are, so I want to show grace to them. And you want to identify them. with the listeners. Yeah, I, I want them to know that I hear <laughs> Do you them. identify as a volunteer? I think we call that as, like, pandering, right? <laughs> We're just trying to make him feel like Okay, well, he can't pander because uh, Memphis, mm. uh, Memphis State is mm. where he's from. Isn't that true. Memphis State? Isn't U- that where you U- went? University of Memphis, Memphis State, yes, sir. Yeah, Memphis State. Uh, it's close to northern, southern Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's no pandering because, like, I believe they stink at, at football. They're not even in the top 50 rankings, right? University of Memphis is the Who's best. got a higher ranking? It's the UT Vols or the Memphis State Tigers? Memphis Tigers. They're the best football team in the state of Tennessee. Anybody yeah. who well, gets beat by Memphis has to be the sorriest yep. team. Just like pause, pause. Just like be- saying you're the best in the state of Tennessee is basically like saying you're the best in, in New York. In college golf. They play football in New York? That no one knows anything about. <laughs> so... Tennessee had a Tennessee had a real good season though, like back in about ninety eight. Yeah, it feels like ninety eight <laughs> baby. I mean that pa- that Manning boy, he's got he's something special. Yeah, whatever happened to him? What know. was his name? Paxton. 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 Paxton Manning. Yeah. Well, Paxton Manning, like we baptized him in January twenty twenty. So I don't think I don't think that's that. But no, Peyton and Eli, uh, Doctor Roger Freeman. Uh, who's no kin to me, by the way, and he makes sure that people know him, that he's no kin to me. But he is my friend, and he used to be uh, our associate pastor when he retired from First Clarksville. But he came from New Orleans. 
Uh, I don't guess any of y'all were down there while he was down there, but he came from first New Orleans. But he he's he baptized Peyton and Eli Manning. Really? Whoa, yep. Man. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, all you got to do is ask him. <laughs> I bet he'd love to tell me. He will tell you that, yes. He will tell you that. Uh, we have Ian in with us, and we know that because he's raising his hand in yes. the studio. Ian, would you like to say a word to our listening audience? I would. I, I was I was doing some much necessary and needed uh, research to our, our very deep question. Um, the Vols are actually eight spots above Memphis State no. right now. Yes, hey, that's that, fake news. That counts. Now, <laughs> now I will say that both teams are so low they won't give them an actual ranking, but they are eight well, spots. When you get in the top, when you get out of the top one hundred, just. <laughs> So it's just speculation. Uh, Everybody's just Brother Caleb, do you think that's fake news or uh I think it's fake news that the balls are ranked higher. Um but you know, Memphis I, I'm not gonna say Memphis is that great, but there is a certain team from Mississippi that they that they shellacked the other day. Who did did they play that northern uh southern Mississippi team? What what's uh yeah, Mississippi it's, College. It's Mississippi College, isn't that who you follow? Go, go dogs. Yeah, the fly, go cats. Yeah, the flying bulldogs that ride bears. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we yeah, want the cowbells, baby. They sound really confused. <laughs> They're all confused. So, all right. So help me with this because, like, I do get confused on mascots. Uh, you know, for instance, there's another team in Alabama. Um, you know, a uh, little bit further south, mm-hmm. uh, the Flying Auburn. Eagle Tigers. Yeah, but I don't understand. <laughs> like they're the Auburn Tigers. I, I never. And but and and I love to go to the Iron Bowl. And I, it doesn't matter if it's in Auburn or Tuscaloosa. Uh, that's usually the only game that I I ever make. Uh, if if I make it, but I don't understand War Eagle. Can somebody explain why the Tigers? Have a war eagle chant. It, it makes no sense. We need. I tell you, I, we we need to bring an Auburn fan to to give us the insight of war. There there is significance to it. I just don't know what it is. It makes no sense. But here's another thing. So in we we uh, oh in in we talk about he's an old Miss fan, but he's really Mississippi State, right? Mm-hmm. But and they're Mississippi State. What is their mascot? Bulldog. So why do they? Why? What is the significance with the cowbell? That's a good question. Because we're in Mississippi, and that's about the only thing we got. Uh, uh, you know, a triangle. I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that question. But I will tell you that we're a state with a town called Bovina in it. So I mean, you shouldn't be surprised when Bovine is the name of one of your towns that you would. Have cowbells. Mm, sounds your, like your state bird. A at a school that, by the way, prides <laughs> themselves on on livestock research, especially in the out in the area of raising cattle. So my cousin, uh, you shouldn't be surprised. Did your by cousin have bovine disease? Your cousin, <laughs> sister, my cousin, sister. Did, 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 I, did I strike a chord? I'm so my sorry. My cousin, my cousin uh, from Alabama. He he was a livestock judging coach. At Mississippi State, I did not realize they give out athletic. It's basically athletic scholarships to judge livestock, and he was the coach for the college team at Mississippi you, you State. You know, one of the things that they're giving scholarships for now, and I didn't know this: fishing. Yeah, fishing. Like don't get I, your hopes up. Mm-hmm. Don't. I was thinking about going back to school. <laughs> yeah, that. But I did. I, I mean, when I went to school, we just had like regular sports: yep. um, baseball, football. Of course, that was a long time ago. 
But fishing, they give fishing scholarships. I would have loved to have been on that team. That was shooting. a good team. They got shooting yeah. teams. They, they have got, video they got, games. Yeah, I was say, they got scholarships. No, they right. they oh, do. Yeah. You can get a full ride. Playing video games. Jackie, is Tetris. that how you got your degree at Vanderbilt? <laughs> Tetris. Pong. Tetris. No, that got a pong, Jackie. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're no. going to have to go to commercial after that. But, yeah. Uh, but ping pong, do they have ping pong scholarships? I'm sure they do. I, I mean, really. Fun so fact, good. my dad paid his way through college playing foosball. What is foosball? Oh, table. that's where the man, uh-huh. the table uh-huh. soccer, yeah, yeah. He was national champion for two years. There's no way. There's no way. 77, 75, he was in a... What happened in 76? He did in 76. What was that? He's in a document. 77, 75. I can't say the word. Documentary? Documentary. I don't know why that... Documentary. That's the proper, the scholarly way to pronounce it. Seems so, like a real like your dad has a documentary about his He's a part of it. Mm-hmm. They did it on ESPN. Like I want to watch that. Yeah. I want to watch that. Thirty for thirty. It's called. I can't remember. It's, I, I need. I gotta look up the name. Yeah, <laughs> thirty they, for thirty. <laughs> I don't think it's thirty for thirty. I need there's some special. Do you have a question about my uh, professional this athlete This is Ian father. raising his hand in the studio. No, I uh, no, I, I did some research on the War Eagle thing. Do we want to? Do we want to t- tackle that for the next? I mean, it's got to be made up. You cheated. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Google can tell you everything. But honestly, like anybody in this room, uh, we could attest to the fact that we really don't care. <laughs> I was, it started in 1914, but we'll move on. Well, you know, my brother-in-law went to Auburn. And we don't even let him come to Thanksgiving dinner. It's a great mission field down there. Yeah. That it is. That it is. Well... Listen, we've got a great question to answer today. Uh, we're counting on Jackie again. Jackie, uh, our communications and PR director, is with us again. Thank you for joining us again, Jack. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah. Uh, so we do the. We still didn't. We need the machine. We yeah. We need the machine. We, we got to do that. Yeah. We we've got to get that. Uh, of course, we got big country, little city. Luscious Landon and NN with us, and we'll be back after this break and to answer your biblical, give biblical insight uh, to your biblical question. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Steve Freeman, pastor of Grace Baptist Church, and if you're looking for an affordable, but yet quality Christian education for your children, maybe even your grandchildren. Can I invite you to explore Grace Baptist Academy? We're currently enrolling pre-K three through first grade, and we would love for you to come to learn more about Grace Baptist Academy and perhaps to be a part of our family. Why don't you come grow with us at GBA? We're back and listen. We've got a question that comes again out of First Corinthians, and we've just as we're reading the Bible along in a year's time. Uh, that's just kind of where we are in this season. So we've just finished First Corinthians, uh, and we've got some questions from it. So basically, the question comes out of First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse twenty-nine. But I'll, I'll read the question, and then I'm going to read the passage. Um, and here's the question from our listener. Why were these folks 
talking about uh, what's being addressed in 1 Corinthians 15. Why are these folks, the Corinthian believers, being baptized for the dead? And why doesn't Paul, who's writing to the church of Corinth, why doesn't Paul tell them to stop? So and when we get to 1 Corinthians, uh, Jackie, why don't you set up where we are in this passage of Scripture? And right, let me get there in my Bible. Okay. So, in Greek, the she word for means what, Brother Caleb? Jackie, you're jumping ahead of us. Well, you go ahead. Okay. I'm just set up the passage. Don't answer the question. <laughs> she can't wait to answer it. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, she's got this Bible, and it's like the I can read version. It's like the family Bible that came off. I was off. hoping they heard me turn my pages. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. Like the wind from that blew my hair because I'm not follically challenged. But, yeah, now that is a great – tell us about that Bible, though, Jackie. I mean, that thing is incredible. It's it's huge. Where did that? Where did you get that? I got this from Brother Derek's office. <laughs> Beautiful. That was the Bible that Jesus had. Yeah. His original King James Bible that he well, passed on to Paul. It like the, it does take up half the studio. I mean it's it's great. It's great. But uh I here's the thing. Derek I can carry it in here. <laughs> It takes two people to move yeah, that thing. you got to have the buddy system with it. But here's the beautiful part. I can read that without glasses on right now <laughs> from a distance. So, uh, you know, Brother Caleb. What's up, Brother Caleb? Okay, thank you, Jay. You want to toss that one to me, Jackie? Yeah. go ahead. All right, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. So, 1 Corinthians 15, 29. Uh, Paul, once again, is writing this letter to the church in Corinth. they got a lot of issues going on, and he's been talking to them about... Uh, how their worship is supposed to be, how people are supposed to act during worship. But he gets to chapter 15 in one of, I'd say one of, if not the greatest chapter in the entire Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. And he starts talking about uh, what is the gospel and then the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then he gets into uh, because Jesus was resurrected, believers will do also have a hope of one day being resurrected from the dead and given uh, glorified uh, eternal bodies. And so the rest of chapter 15, Paul's talking about... Um, what, what, uh, what do those bodies look like? Uh, probably look a lot like mine. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> After a good Christmas we, night. Listen, we're talking, we're talking about going to heaven. <laughs> we want to talk about good things. You know, there is no weeping or sorrow. There's no gnashing of teeth. <laughs> yeah. You can't gnash so, teeth on crystals. Hey, this, this is a question though, that people have. I also, uh, we'll, we'll come back to our question. But this is the question that, that, that people have, and I think have a misnomer. Uh, about like resurrected bodies so here here's what we believe we believe that you know when a person dies uh, according to first second uh, Corinthians 5 8 that to be absent from the body is present with the Lord so a person dies and uh, they're immediately in the presence uh, of the Lord soul okay because we're a soul first uh, and, and we're a soul with a body covered and so but in that, according to First Thessalonians chapter four, when the rapture, the the rapturo, uh, takes place, then we're going to be caught up, and there we're going to be changed. Which I, I believe all of that changing and the twinkling of an eye, First Corinthians fifteen, and then First Thessalonians four, kind of mesh together. 
uh, at the rapture when Jesus comes, not his second coming, he comes to take his church home before the tribulation. But again, obviously we're here, we're, or I am, pre-trib, pre-meal in my eschatology. That's uh, those big words. But uh, when the rapture occurs, that we're going to uh, receive, once again, our bodies will be resurrected and reunited with our soul. And that's how we'll spend eternity. So our resurrected body is an eternal body. But oftentimes, I think, you know, and we don't know all the answers. Certainly we don't know, you know, people ask what heaven's like, uh, you know, what heaven is going to be like. Uh, we, we don't really know. The Bible's relatively silent about heaven. But there's enough there to allow our spiritual imagination uh, to, to run wild. And we know it's going to be a great place. It's a glorious place. Listen, it's where the Lord lives, so you know it's going to be awesome. But And then, like, what are we going to do in heaven? But one of the questions is, like, what do, what do we look like? And you're talking about resurrected bodies. How do we know? Can we know what a resurrected body looks like? I don't. I don't think we can know for sure. I think we can know things about. Uh, we can know maybe things about it, mm. like I mentioned. There's no. There is no sorrow. There's no suffering. So we know that nothing's ever going to go wrong with those bodies. I think we probably no more pain. No more pain. No more. So no more death. I mean, what does a perfect body look like? I think because if it if it's brother ends, <laughs> boom. Ooh. I mean, in in. That's it. <laughs> well, now we know. All right, we're all going to like him when we get up there. <laughs> so sad day. <laughs> but but I mean, but seriously, I mean, Jackie, what's your thoughts on a resurrected body? But what, what? Here's the question: Can we know, brother Caleb? You says we. You say uh, that we cannot know, brother Ann. What do you say? I I would agree. I would say that we cannot know. Jacqueline. Agree. Luscious, uh, we cannot know. This is good. This get ready to get good, brother. Uh, brother Derek, little little city. I, mean, I can play devil's advocate, but honestly, I really, I, I got no idea. I think, I think we, like you said, we can know a little bit about it. We, we're probably gonna be able to recognize our loved ones, and we will probably look similar to what we look like now. But I mean, that's a, at best a guess. But the question at hand and. It's a consensus, almost a consensus in the room that says you cannot know what a resurrected body looks like. And I say that you're all wrong. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue this discussion right after this commercial break. I'm 14. I'm 62. I'm 37. I'm 26. I'm 22. We're 47. We're five. Five. Grace Baptist Church is a place where you'll fit in. It's not a building. It's the people within that comprise a church. People who care for one another. People who understand one another. People who live life together. Hi, I'm Steve Freeman, pastor of Grace Baptist Church, and I want to personally invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. at our main campus where you'll find real people connecting real faith with real life. And we're back uh, and answering a question that really is not the question that the listener, but we got to talking about resurrected bodies and it's consensus in the entire studio 
from big country all the way around through NN, Little City, Luscious Landing, and Jack-O-Lantern. Uh, everybody says that we cannot know what a resurrected body, but here's, here's my thoughts. Because basically I said y'all are all wrong, or at least I, I, I believe biblically you are, because we've got an example of a resurrected body. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus, when Jesus died, again, we're in 1 Corinthians 15. In 1 Corinthians 15, you said, is the greatest chapter. Well, I mean, it unfolds for us that Jesus stayed after he got up from the dead. He stayed in Jerusalem for 40 days and appeared to more than 500 eyewitnesses. And what do you think that Jesus, obviously, what do you think that Jesus looked like in the encounters that he had, not only with those 500 eyewitnesses, but the close encounter uh, and, and actual walk and journey and those 40 days with his disciples? Think about Thomas in the upper room. I mean, here's Jesus in his resurrected body, okay? One, we see from the scripture, he still had the nail piercings. Now, obviously, there was no pain in them because he told Thomas, he said, hey, put your finger. And you go ahead and touch it and put your finger. It's me. And the identifying marks was the scars uh, that, that he had on earth. He carried those to heaven. Mm -hmm. So... Also, we think about there was nobody, uh, in a sense, unless Jesus, who we also have to remember is God in human skin. So he's going to have some different attributes than, than we do. But unless Jesus, and I don't know, on the road to Emmaus and, and the two that were walking there, they did not recognize Jesus. But contextually from the scripture, it's not because Jesus looked any different. It's because uh, they had a, a, a covering, if you will, or a, a, a something about them physically that blocked their vision of what Jesus looked like. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, I don't know what that was, but it's not necessarily that Jesus. I think Jesus looked just like Jesus did um, when he came out of the grave as he did when he went into the grave. Well, I think even if we look at the encounter with Thomas, part of it was, was he was overwhelmed with disbelief. And so, I mean, you know, even with the two that he encountered, I mean, some of it could be just the disbelief of there's no, you know, there's no way. There's, you know, we, we joke in our culture and, you know, say people have doppelgangers, you know, people that they look like. I've never. You've heard never heard that? that? Oh, yeah. Celebrities have all kind of doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, but no, but people that they look, look like, and it could have been, could have been one of those situations. Sure. It, I mean, it could have been a doppelganger. Yep. I don't, I, I've never, have y'all ever heard that? That must be straight people out of say, People will say all, y'all would not believe how much people come up to me and say, you look just like a young Tom Cruise. You would not believe. <laughs> You're that, right, we that don't. That has, no, that I believe it's more like much. that you look just like Brother Derek and Brother Derek, you know, that, I mean, hey, I think that's more like right here. But I see the Tom Cruise uh, resemblance. Yeah. But, I mean, so... Biblically, biblically, I believe that we can know what a resurrected body looks like. Uh, so uh, anytime I teach this, I, I tell them, men and women, whatever you want to look like in heaven, you better look like now, you know, because uh, I would like to think that, you know, in my resurrected body that I'd have flowing lock of hair like 
Crystal Gale, you know, but mm. unfortunately, I'm probably going to be as bald in heaven as I am on earth. Um, I'm probably going to be as fat in heaven as I am on earth unless I do something about it now. So uh, I do, contrary to the major thought in the room, I do believe that we can know exactly what a resurrected body is going to look like, and it's going to look like the bodies that we lay in the ground. That's the best I've got on that. Is that the question that we came to answer today? I don't, I don't remember. That was a good question, but I don't think it was. So I think that we're really talking about verse 29 and baptizing for the dead. What do, um, you know, the, the listener said, why are, they, why are they being baptized for the dead? And why didn't Paul tell them to stop? What's going on in this passage of Scripture? Who wants to tackle this one? Go ahead, Luscious. Mm. He's chopping at the bits. Yeah. <laughs> so, First uh, Corinthians uh, fifteen twenty nine. Uh, let's see. My notes on that are: Paul writes to the that Christians will rise in Christ's second coming, and uh, they are not like I put. They're not stuck because I feel like when I when I went back and read that uh, there were. It was it was kind of debating within the Corinthian church if they were actually you know resurrect and there was a little uncertainty, so I think he's being more specific. But then when we get to baptizing, um, it's not for some reason it might have been a cultural thing where they were trying to baptize, you know, in like dead people's name or for dead people to uh, like help their soul get back to their body, and it's just an odd cultural thing, but. As we know now, it's better. You, we will be baptized in Jesus' name, and that's 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 what I have today. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's good insight, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I was sitting no, there thinking it sounded like you should have. Uh, I had to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, no, you make good points, and I'm just kidding with you. Uh, but have you ever run for office? Uh, yes, I have. He's got a. Have I asked that question before? We talked about it, I think, what, in every podcast. What, what is what is your major from Memphis State? It is a political science with a minor in public administration. And he might have one of the best promo videos of himself yeah. that I've ever it's seen. Good. Where, it's good. Where is it? Is it on the YouTubes? I'll, it's on the it's on Instant Instagram. Uh, oh, is it on Instant? I'll show it to you later. Mm-hmm. You'll love it. Instant Mac. It'll be the new ministry. Well, why don't we put that? Hey. uh... Jacqueline, why don't we put that for one of our commercials at a commercial break? <laughs> Can you still take still, notes? Are they still auditing the election? Yeah, it's still <laughs> under further investigation. But, yeah. uh, keep fighting, keep fighting. <laughs> like so, like you ran for uh, student government. Uh, did you? Did you? Was there any election fraud or any <laughs> issues? Uh, there might have been some questionable acts, but uh, I decided to accept the results for the best of the university and the student body. How many times did you vote for yourself? How many times they let me, baby? <laughs> keep, keep pulling that machine lever. So, so you, you, you don't know this, uh, but it, when I was in high school, my senior year, I ran for uh, class president. Really, kind of as a joke, but I mean, I, I, I did serious. But you have to realize that I had no friends in the SGA um, uh, body okay. as fine. far as teachers and sponsors of SGA. And uh, so I submitted my speech because it had to be approved or whatever. And I didn't make a copy of it. And the day that um, we gave our speeches in front of the 271 seniors that were sitting out in the congregation, 
I did not get my speech back while I was on stage. So I had, for the first time in my life, I know you're never going to believe this, Jackie. I had <laughs> nothing to say. First and last. You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's where that's where my phobia of public speaking comes from. But uh, nevertheless, I didn't have anything. You know how many votes uh, I, I sequestered that day? How many did you get? Zero. Oh, my wife, who was my girlfriend then, didn't even vote for me. You didn't even vote for yourself. She's hard to get. No, I, they wouldn't even let me vote. I would have at least voted for myself. I got zero votes for class president. So I'm not. I'm. I don't need counseling. I, 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 you don't even think about that anymore, do you? No, I don't. I, I can't hardly remember You haven't thought about that in days. No. <laughs> Hours even. <laughs> so, anyway, no, I mean, I just thought I'd throw that in. But it was a, that was good insight. Thank you, Luscious Landon, Lucius, for being with us I was us class today. president. Cool. All right. Um, <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> Listen, what are you rubbing that in? So that I no, that I, me it, and Landon were, I mean, like, we're losers. Exactly. And not as good as it sounds. I was class president in ninth grade. I ran in 10th grade and got beat, so I guess they didn't like me. One well, turn, baby. It's I better mean, to never win than win and lose because, like, man, I turned these people against me. You were you were a one and done term. I was. I was a lame You're duck. You're a one and done president. I was a lame duck. <laughs> so, uh, Brother Caleb, parting thoughts on baptizing for the dead. <clears throat> Try so, to clear up if you can what landed. Let me see. Thank you. Let me see. Land that plane. All right, I'm going to try to land the plane here. <laughs> so uh, Paul Paul here is talking about, I, I think it could be one of two things. It, he could be, He first of all, it's, it's worth noting that he doesn't say that we should baptize for the dead. He just points out the fact that whatever that means, some people are doing it. So one way we could look at this is You're that, saying he, he wasn't for it? Yes. He wasn't condoning it. He's just mentioning, I believe, and using it like an illustration. Yeah, he he's just he doesn't say whether he's for or against it. He's just saying that it happens. But but in this passage, if you read this and and then down through verse thirty four, Paul gives like these series of questions that he it's almost like rhetorical questions that he's asking to prove that there will be a resurrection of believers. But what I think he's talking about here in in that time. If somebody was baptized, then that was that was the same as them being a Christian. Like, it was unthinkable to have a Christian who wasn't baptized, and for somebody to be baptized who wasn't a Christian. So I think he was talking about uh, when he says those who are baptized for the dead. I think he's talking about those who are believers, and for the dead, I believe he's referring to those who have died in Christ. And when he says they're baptized for them, I think when he says uh, for, he means because of. So to put all that together, to clear it up, I think what he's saying is that those who have become Christians because of the testimony, the lives, the witness of those who have died in Christ. In other words, they've seen the lives of these other Christians and, and they've come to faith through their, through their witness and through their testimony. He well, says... Let, let, me, let me add to that. Let, well, let me just kind of set up the fact that there are really three uh, major theological threads uh, of what this is and, and again I go back to the point of no matter what was the practice that was taking place Paul's not condoning it he's simply using it as an illustration but here are the three uh, primary theological uh, interpretations of what baptizing for the dead first uh, the living Corinthian believers were being baptized for those Christians who had died before they had an opportunity to be baptized. So they, they believed that they had to go back and 
you know, baptism was such a tie to their salvation. Again, they didn't believe that salvation came from baptism, but they believed that it was a major part because it is. It's our first step of obedience. So the thought pattern is, and the theological interpretation of being baptized for the dead is, there was a whole lot that died uh, before they, you know, got baptized. So they felt like they had to do it in their place. The second thought, theological thread, uh, major theological thread, is that Christians were being baptized in anticipation of the resurrection of the dead, rather than in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as commanded by Jesus. And the third one was that new converts were being baptized to fill the ranks of Christians who had previously died. Now, again, I don't think any of that matters, honestly, because Paul's not except another practice we never see it mentioned anywhere else in the bible so i think paul is just mentioning and passing as something that they were doing he's he's not he doesn't condemn it but i think it's because he's he's like just using it like if you were if you're doing this and the verb of baptize that's used there is a present active verb so he's addressing something that's presently happening and he says, if you're doing this and you don't and you have an issue with the resurrection, like what you're doing is pointless. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's an exercise in futility. If you don't if you're struggling with the resurrection and you're worried about and, and you're bab, being baptized or you're baptizing for the dead, like <laughs> what you're doing makes no sense. So and and then further further uh, trying to prove his point and help them understand that there is going to be a resurrection from the dead. Now, uh, Brother Caleb, finish that thought. Well, I don't remember what I was saying, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I think we can get Landon to finish it. I got you, man. Give me a green light. There you go. The the point that he's making is that uh, if, in, is that if you're doing these things, th- then that's proof, or or rather you should also be convinced of the resurrection. Because he goes on in verse uh, 30 and says, why are we in danger every hour? And in verse 32, uh, you know, why did, I, uh, why did I have to fight these wild beasts? Like, why was I persecuted in these ways? So he says, what's the point of us doing all this stuff if the resurrection is not true? True. So uh, he's, he's the whole chapter is about the assurance that believers can have of the resurrection because, G, because Jesus was resurrected, we can be confident that God is going to resurrect us as well. This is why it's important to make that life-changing decision. And maybe you're listening today and you've never given your life to the one who gave his for you. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Paul delivers and expounds and explains and defines the gospel. And he says that Jesus died for our sin according to the scripture he was buried, and on the third day, God raised him from the dead, according to the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. That is the gospel. And Paul, as he said to the Romans, uh, the, 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 the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that that is the power of God for salvation. So once a person has given their life to Jesus, then they are assured of an eternal resurrection uh, being resurrected from the dead an eternal home in heaven. And this is how we become children of God. As many as received him, he gave the right to become a child of God. Maybe you're listening today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Can I encourage you to take this opportunity to pray to the God of heaven 
and ask him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, because the Bible says we all need um, a pardon for our sin because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ask Jesus to be uh, the Lord and Savior of your life. And in that, uh, you are guaranteed and promised the e eternal life. A Savior who loves you, a Savior who uh, died for you, and a Savior who wants you uh, to, to have that eternal relationship. If you'd like to talk more about that, listen to the outro, and uh, you'll know how to get in touch with us. We can think of anything, nothing better than to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus. Guys and girls, thank you for being a part of the studio today and answering these tough questions. They're tough questions. Jackie, what do you think about these questions? I think they're tough. I'm glad that everybody else is here to answer them. You did a great job. Thank you. You did a uh, thank you Thanks for Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jackie. Can't wait to be back next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to it. I mean, we'll try to get things ready between now and then. So until next time, um, we, we appreciate you listening. God bless. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.